I'm Marnie Vinge, and this is Erioki. Join me and my friends as we explore the darker side of the Sooner State. This is Irioki, and I'm Marnie Vinge. I'm here today with Jerry. Jerry, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Jerry. Um, I know Marnie through her cousin. Yes. Dustin. Who was here talking about uh, UFOs not too long ago. Oh, I bet that's a good one. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. It was really fun. Yeah, and I'm just here. We're going to have a cool podcast, hopefully. Hopefully, I don't um, come off too awkward. This is my first time. Oh no! So, yeah. I think you'll I think you'll do great. Sweet. A lot of people, it's been their first time. So, okay. so today, what we're going to talk about is something that I didn't even know was part of Oklahoma history, and I was kind of excited when I found it out. Um, we're going to talk about the Funhouse Mummy, who was Elmer McCurdy. Okay, so are you familiar with the TV show from the seventies, The Six Million Dollar Man? I am familiar with it, like somewhat. Yeah. Like, I've never watched it, yeah. He gets hurt, and then... Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've got a little description from Google. This is according to Google, which, you know, is Mm -hmm. all-knowing. Steve Austin is an astronaut who is seriously injured, like you said, when his spaceship crashes. Handsome and athletic, Austin undergoes a government-sanctioned surgery, which rebuilds several of Steve's body parts with machine parts, making him cyborg-like. When Steve recovers, his machine parts enable him to have superhuman strength and speed, as well as other powers. With these powers, Steve goes to work for the Office of Scientific Information, battling evil for the good of mankind. So, it sounds like a pretty good show. Yeah. I would watch that. (laughs) Yeah. I think they're remaking it. Are they really? Um, I don't know. I've heard something. Okay. A reboot of some sort. Yeah. that, That is very possible. Very possible. So, in the 70s, in 1976, during the filming of an episode of The Six Million Dollar Man, an art director went to move what he thought was just a funhouse prop. They were filming at Laugh in the Dark Funhouse, which was part of Pike Amusement. Let's see, what was the the full name of that place? Pike Amusement Zone in California. So, he went to move it, thinking that, hey, there's this mannequin hanging from a noose over here in the corner and i want to position it somewhere else or Mm -hmm. get it out of the scene and um well it turned out to be something much more sinister when he reached for the dummy's arm who at the time was hanging from a noose it tore completely off but instead of finding what you'd normally find inside of a mannequin which i guess would be plastic or foam or something like that yeah um he found human bone and what looked like beef jerky so So, this so so they're going to they're at some place mm-hmm. and there's a, a dead body hanging, but they're okay. That's yeah. The, okay, yeah. Yeah. They were filming inside. Um, the place they were filming inside was like a fun house at, a, at an amusement park. And okay. so like, they just thought it was like a, um, it was a prop. Yeah. It was a prop basically. And so the guy okay. goes to move it That's and creepy. like, yeah, yeah it tears the arm off. So who knows how long he had been hanging there? Well, we'll find out. So, okay. um, So it turned out through some investigation, they figured out that this mannequin was actually a real person named Elmer McCurdy, who was an Oklahoma outlaw. Um, And McCurdy was kind of known for being a dumb outlaw. 
He wasn't real okay. smart. Okay. <laughs> There's a reason he didn't go down in history yeah, as yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Billy no the Jesse Kid. James. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, um, in 1911, McCurdy was part of a gang of outlaws, and they decided they were going to rob a train that was alleged to have $400,000 on it. Do you have a guess at how much money that would be in today's currency? 400000 And then what time would he it have? It was 1911. 1911? Probably in the tens of millions? Yes, $11 million. Okay. So, I mean, that was pretty... And I think... I can't remember how many of them there were, but that's still quite a lot to split amongst mm-hmm. several people. So it seemed like a good idea, but it turned out that the merry band of criminals had jumped the wrong train and <laughs> all they wound up scrounging uh, up was $48, some whiskey and a watch. So they were <laughs> not real happy with their with their find, but before the authorities could get to them, they... um they all kind of split up and Elmer decided that he was going to run off on his own. And, um, on the way he decided that he would take the whiskey with him. Um, he hid in a barn, not far from the side of the robbery, but he actually asked permission to do that first, okay. which I thought was kind of yeah weird that he would ask permission after he's just robbed a train, but maybe he was trying to seem like he wasn't an outlaw, but also he was hammered at the time. He was very <laughs> drunk. Um, he drank all the whiskey on his way to the barn, and then he passed out in the barn thinking that everything would be fine and dandy. And when he woke up, he was surrounded by lawmen. Mm. So instead of turning himself in, he decided that the best thing to do would be to engage the authorities in a firefight. So that's okay. what he did. And he was promptly shot and died. <laughs> so not the smartest, not the smartest outlaw. And... Nobody claimed his body. Um, it was taken to a Paul Huska funeral home where the resident, resident mortician saw an opportunity for himself. Um, Elmer didn't have any relatives to speak of, or at least that would claim him, and the mortician needed to advertise. So he embalmed McCurdy using the techniques that had been used on Abraham Lincoln. And at this time, I know a little bit about this from the time that I spent um, in funeral service at UCO. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things about embalming that was good at the time was, well, not at this time, but back during the Civil War, like when Abraham Lincoln would have been embalmed, was that it allowed bodies that um, of soldiers that were killed on the battlefield to be taken home mm-hmm. and not decomposed before they got mm-hmm. back for a funeral or something okay. like that. And one of the things that was really common, I don't know exactly how common, but you see it in a lot of... Um, photographs from the old west and sometimes they depicted in movies and tv shows is morticians standing propping the outlaws up in their coffin outside of the funeral home have you ever Mm, seen that i think so yeah okay yeah Yeah, yeah. i I think there might be a little bit of that in like tombstone possibly Um, i think maybe or maybe in the movie wyatt earp but um so that was not like incredibly strange for him to do this but he decided that he would stand mccurdy up in the corner of the funeral home with a gun beside him inside his coffin and after he did this he decided he was going to charge people five cents a piece to see this guy okay (laughs) which i mean i i think this guy is just making the most of a business opportunity here (laughs) yeah he has to do something (laughs) exactly and he stayed in that corner of that funeral home 
for five years. Oh, my God. Nobody came. Nobody wanted to say, "Hey, this is my whoever." Like, yeah. I don't want. I don't want him here. Or just like, "Hey, dude, that's creepy." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and like kids and parents and everybody would come and see him, and just it was just a whole thing. <sighs> um, but then at the end of those five years, finally, two men showed up and claimed to be Elmer's brothers. They wanted to take the body and put it to rest. At least that's what they told the mortician. Mm-hmm. They were actually. James and Charles Patterson, okay. who ran something called the Great Patterson Carnival Show. Okay. And they saw Elmer McCurdy, and they also saw a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. They were thinking, this guy is someone we can take and put in our sideshow and call him the outlaw mummy, and people will definitely pay more mm-hmm. than five cents to come see this guy. Definitely. So, um, so old Elmer was a lot more famous in death than he ever was in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took, they took him on the road with them, with their carnival show. They turned him into one of their attractions. People came from far and wide to see Elmer without knowing who he was at all. He was just called the outlaw mummy. And over the next 60 years, Elmer was bought and sold by various sideshows, circuses, wax museums, and haunted houses. So imagine that for a second like a like we've got like the sanctuary here the haunted house mm-hmm. up yeah in i've been there okay i've been there too um and i'm thinking about like the last time that i was there and you know they have props and stuff oh, all yeah, over yeah. that place and yeah. it's <laughs> it's just like really scary to think that because he he traveled for 60 years and he finally in the 70s was discovered but there were all these people up until 1976 that were seeing him in that fun house and not knowing that he was actually a human. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really weird. No, that is that is really creepy. Yeah. How so, long does an embalmed body stay The claim, together? okay, so the claim is um, back a long time ago, they used to say, I don't know if they still claim this, mm-hmm. but they used to claim that an embalmed body would be good forever, which is not true. I know that. I know yeah. that it's not true, that it's not forever. Um, but he, when they found him, he was kind of, he looked a little bit like waxy. Okay. Like his skin was kind of waxy. He was very emaciated. Yeah. Like most of him had decomposed, but he still had like skin on his face and looked enough like a plastic or wax dummy that okay. nobody really suspected anything Yeah. until that guy went to move him. Ugh. Which is weird. Yeah. 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 So Mm. um, I think it's I think the part that really creeps me out is that he was in wax museums because when I was a kid, um, my family went on a trip to Colorado. We went kind of it was it was in like the Colorado, New Mexico area. Okay. I'm not exactly sure where, but there was this wax museum that was like an old west wax museum. And um, I remember them looking kind of the way that he is described to have looked and wax museums have always creeped me out anyway i've never been to one they're horrible okay it's awful it's I'll an awful care. experience i saw that movie i was like i'm never gonna go to one no with don't Paris do it. hilton yes yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. good with wax museums <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're talking about um they have one in uh dallas at the um Oh, gosh. Uh, at Ripley's, believe it or not. And I went to that one when I was about 21. Mm-hmm. I cried. 
because okay. I, I didn't want to go through. They have like two different sections. Uh-huh. There's um there's like the normal section, which is like celebrities and presidents and stuff okay. like that. And then there's the horror section, which is okay. really bizarre because it's got like the Wolfman and Frankenstein and stuff. But then also I'm pretty sure that Adolf Hitler was part of it, too. <laughs> so it's really like really weird and they've got all these weird red lights and it's really creepy and i know that i should probably like creepy things seeing that i'm doing seeing as how i'm doing this now uh-huh. but um i am not a fan of wax museums yeah i can see why it's just yeah. a little too like uncanny valley exactly you know? exactly yeah which mm-hmm. if if you don't know what that is um go ahead and talk a little bit about that uh how would i say? it's basically when you see I'll put it in terms of video games because that's where I learned it from. Yeah. So basically, when you, um, how how much time I put in this? Um, it's basically like when you see a, a human face that you know it's it's not real, mm-hmm. but it looks so real, and it it just kind of throws you off. Yeah. You can't really um. Like, just like it, a weird distortion that happens. In yeah, your and especially if like if you look in their eyes. Because, you know, you and me know, you know, yeah. we're all humans. We know what a human, it's it's hard to trick the human mind mm-hmm. when with a fake human face because we know what that is. Yeah. You know, we see people every day. So right. it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's probably a poor explanation. No, no, no. That's, I think that's a plenty good explanation. Um, That's probably why I don't like wax museums so much. Um, They're just creepy. Like, it's just, it, just mm-hmm. the idea of like a, like just it's just weird like mm-hmm. these fake humans that yeah. we're going to see like i don't know it's just strange yeah. but um yeah so wax museums haunted houses which haunted houses are big i'm i love haunted houses were you i feel like you were with us one year when dustin was insistent on going to a haunted house and i was like about to have a nervous breakdown i don't think i went with okay i don't think i've been with you guys okay. i've i went to one with him it was just him and his parents okay at uh, the one at thunderbird yeah okay i think that was the only one okay. that i've been to with him i may have been there because i remember waiting outside because okay. i wouldn't go in and everybody <laughs> yeah everybody okay. made yeah. fun of me <laughs> because i was like the oldest like kid i guess that i, I of uh-huh. the generations that were there i was like the oldest uh-huh. and um I was like, oh, hell no. I'm not. I'm yeah. not going in there. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I get it. I love Halloween. I love yeah. just that sense of right of, of r- rushing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. No. A uh, sense of excitement. We were um, last night, uh, John Edda and I kind of went on an adventure that I'm going to talk about in another podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things we were talking about was why do we like to be scared? And I looked up a few articles about it. And that's like. One of the things is that the rush we get when we realize that we're safe again is almost like an opioid induced high. Like it's, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Cause definitely. it's like that, that feeling where you like come out of the haunted house and you're like, Whew, it's mm-hmm. over. It's, yeah. It's like a high. And, uh, and then the other thing was we like scaring ourselves in ways that are safe. Okay. Yeah. Like horror movies. Yeah. Haunted houses things like that because it's not nearly as much fun to be scared like for real yeah 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 yeah. um yeah i agree uh oh i just blanked what i was about to say oh it's okay Uh, no Um, it's it's all good yeah haunted houses um i feel like because i don't know at least 
United States, you know, or other places in the, mm-hmm. in the world aren't so comfortable, but I feel like people are just so comfortable and they don't really get like we're we're here. Mm-hmm. We're just so leveled out and then I think people just love to find that way to yeah. get those peaks. Yeah. Did you uh did you happen to watch Dark Tourist? I don't you should check that out if you love Halloween. Is that on and, Netflix? Yes, it's on okay. Netflix. Um, it's this TV series. This guy named David Ferrier. Um, he goes around the United States and all over the world, actually, doing what's called dark tourism, which is like tourism of places where, like, a murder has happened, okay. or a mass murder, or a big Ooh. disaster yeah. like Chernobyl, um, okay. things like that. Um, the Suicide Forest. Um, yeah, yeah. He he goes to like yeah. lots of places like that, and one of the. Um, places he goes is this extreme haunted house in I can't remember where it's at but like basically the way the guy does it it's run by like one guy and he's got like a couple helpers and he blindfolds you you have to wear um like a onesie or something like that and I can't remember what the reasoning was for (laughs) that part of it if it was just like part of the humiliation because he runs it on like he breaks you down and like humiliates you And actually holds your head underwater and like all of these things that are just very like way out there extreme. And um, the only way you can make it stop is um, the other person that goes in with you before they go in. They record a humiliating thing that you have to say about yourself. Okay. And you have to say it on camera. Okay. And that's the only way you can make it stop. Okay. And so it's very like it's like a mind thing. So like, you do this before you go to the... Yes, you record that before you go. And I think before they actually take you into the like the haunted house mm-hmm. part of the attraction, he talks to you for like eight hours. And to get mm-hmm. like to get in your head and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I see what he's trying to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. He's ex-military. And so he yeah. uses a lot of the things that he learned in the military. Mm-hmm. Like, And to me, it was just like horrifying. But I can see how in a country where we feel so safe mm-hmm. that somebody would be like yeah i'm gonna pay four hundred dollars or however much to it be, is to be tortured <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly yeah. yeah to like have that high and that experience and um and even the guy who went into it with david the host um david kind of tapped out pretty early because he was like this is not fun like this is yeah. not this is not my idea of yeah. fun <laughs> and um the guy who was like balls to the wall just so sure that he was gonna make it all the way through he only made it like halfway maybe and mm-hmm. he was like no I can't, i'm not doing any more of this this is awful yeah and so you should watch it it's really okay. good yeah and dark tours okay. yes I'll and any listeners to this podcast check it out because it is one of my favorite things that they put on netflix recently um so yeah so haunted houses um so back to elmer mccurdy he traveled the country this way in the haunted houses the wax museums the sideshows um and one of the things that i thought was really interesting was during this time that he was traveling around the country um he was bought by the people who were promoting a movie called oh gosh what was it called i didn't i don't have it in my notes um i want to say it had something to do with drugs it was like narcotic or like something like that it was a movie in like 1933 and it was one of those movies where it's like trying to scare people into being afraid of crises and stuff like that. And anyway, he was bought by the people who were promoting that movie. He was stood up in the lobby of the theaters where this film was playing. 
and he was billed as a um a dead dope fiend and they were like the reason he looks so leathery and the reason that he's like orange and all this stuff was because he did drugs and they're thinking that he's just a dummy and that it's not actually because he was a human being that has decomposed and so yeah so they even used him as like some propaganda type stuff um and then finally in um in the 70s 60s or 70s um laugh in the dark funhouse which was part of pike amusement zone uh purchased him and they put him in their funhouse and it wasn't until 76 when laugh in the dark became a location where the six million dollar man was being filmed um that the art director discovered this gruesome fact that this funhouse mummy was not actually a, a dummy he mm-hmm. was a real mummy so um then finally in 1977 after this long ordeal mccurdy was returned to his native oklahoma and on april 22nd 1977 he was buried in the boot hill section of the summit view cemetery in guthrie oklahoma where you can still go pay your respects to him today um the medical examiner ordered that there be it was either two feet or two cubic yards two cubic feet or two cubic yards there are differing accounts of this um be poured over his grave to ensure that he was never disturbed again so that he could never be made into a sideshow attraction mm-hmm. any any longer um and i actually went up there the other day uh-huh. i decided uh i was in edmond for something and i did not realize how far guthrie is from edmond and um i i i just decided i was gonna go up there i went to the cemetery and if you go in um summit view it's off uh, the road that it's off of you turn right into the cemetery and if you go straight there's a little sign that says boot hill mm-hmm. and it's got an arrow and it's kind of got like a vague direction that you're supposed to go i kind of drove around for like 20 minutes in this little cemetery trying to find boot hill (laughs) and um finally if you go up that little road and there's a little circle drive if you kind of go around that and then go to the left like Mm -hmm. the sign points and then keep going past the there's like a house like structure that i'm pretty sure is like the caretaking um yeah whatever they keep in there if you go past that then there's another little tiny road and you can turn right on it and on the left after you turn right is a little sign that says boot hill and he and bill doolin are actually buried um right next to each other under this little tree and they're kind of like tucked out of the way from the rest of the cemetery which i think is kind of funny because it's almost like they're like okay well they were outlaws so we're gonna put them over here Mm -hmm. and it's kind of away from like all of the people who have died in recent times and stuff like that um but it was pretty cool to see and i got some footage that i'm going to eventually share in some way um and yeah it's they both have uh flowers and they each have a boot sticking up at the top of the grave like mounted on a little stick that's Mm -hmm like two boots that are like pointed toward Mm -hmm. each other and so um so yeah it's it's pretty pretty weird it was kind of cool kind of weird to be there and know that like have having researched this and read Mm -hmm. this whole story and then be there at his grave was kind of it was kind of cool yeah like it was like the sideshow mummy is right here yeah yeah um my biggest question is 
did he not stink ever? I don't know. I I kind of wondered that too because like from working in the funeral home, um, there were certain bodies that would have an odor even after they were embalmed. Mm-hmm. But I know that the techniques for embalming have changed a lot. Um, okay. So whatever they did to him back then may have been like a lot stronger. Okay. Because they, they're probably like, I would have to ask Margaret about this, like ha- how it has changed. But um, like, I know that the chemicals that are used today are dangerous. So my guess is that the ones used back then were probably even more dangerous and <laughs> probably. probably a lot stronger. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I wonder if anybody was ever at any point like, Hey, this this dummy stinks. Like yeah, some yeah. some feel, smells foul. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> like something does not smell right here. Yeah, like this does not smell. Yeah, I guess not. Like a dummy. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, because um, I mean that's usually like the first thing you notice yeah. when you go somewhere. It's like yeah, you know the smell. Mm-hmm. Right. That is that is a really good question. Yeah, I would be pissed if I was him. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely come back and haunt. Right? Someone. I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. know who. Yeah. I don't know if there's any if there's any um, accounts of him haunting anyone. I kind of almost feel like maybe he was, he would have been like, hey, yeah, finally, I'm famous. I like, could see that too. Yeah. For something. Yeah. Because he kind of, he was, he was a failed criminal. He was not very good <sighs> at that. There were actually some events that preceded the um, failed train robbery that were even more um just just him trying to do things that he was not very good at and mm-hmm. not really getting away with anything so yeah but he was i guess he's one of the lesser known outlaws from Oklahoma um i'm hoping to do some more episodes on some older cases like this like outlaw type stuff um but yeah so it's pretty interesting i thought it was interesting that the medical examiner ordered that the concrete be poured over his grave to keep people from digging him up. Yeah. I thought that was it, especially as late as that was like 1977, um, for them to kind of have that in the back of their mind that somebody might think that it would be really funny to dig this guy up and put him <laughs> in another haunted house or something. Yeah. Or thinking, um, he has something valuable on him, Yeah, which I would assume by that point he didn't have anything. Right. Valuable on him. One of the things that they found when they took his body to like, when they examined him and found out who he was and mm-hmm. everything, um, one of the things they found in his mouth were a coin, I believe, from the 1920s okay. and a ticket stub from one of the exhibits he was part of. And they were yeah. both in his mouth. And I'm not exactly sure. The coin, I would assume, was like the paying of respects type thing. But then it's weird that it was like 10 years after he died. Um yeah, it had to have been put there by someone. Yeah, and the ticket, which makes me think that whoever put those in there, like, totally realized this was a human. Yeah, and it <laughs> because, makes you... Th- yeah. Like, who else... Who knows what... Who got hold of his body, you know? Yeah, <laughs> some, exactly. Some weirdos out there. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely weirdos <laughs> out there. Yeah. Um, I just think... I think this is so fascinating because the idea that a an attraction like as the haunted house could have something like this as late as the 1970s just blows my mind. Oh yeah, definitely. Makes you think like, Oh, maybe, you know, yeah. what, if, what if I touched when I w- went to the sanctuary? Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm like, what, what is going on? Like, uh, yeah. And it, and, and the thing is like a lot of, um, like I imagine the people who ran laugh in the dark had no idea 
that this was actually yeah a person you would hope you i would hope. yeah i would hope we'll give them the benefit <laughs> yeah, of the doubt yeah yeah they didn't know yeah that's that's pretty um unsettling yeah pretty pretty creepy that's a fun fun oklahoma crime case but yeah i think that's that's about it for this one this is a this is a little bit shorter one um but i thought this would be a fun case for you guys especially since we've talked about some um heavier subjects the last couple of weeks um but yeah so jerry do you have any any projects you want to talk about or like instagram that you want to plug or anything like that uh if you want to follow my instagram feel free to it's at j hertz that's j-a-y-h-u-e-r-t-s yep that's yeah all right well um the only other thing that i've got is that uh we've got some fun stuff coming at you guys in the next couple months um or the next month or so and i'll be making some announcements about that on the instagram and on the podcast um also you guys are so awesome everybody who's reached out to me um the support has been really overwhelming actually and i love it so if you want to send me a message do it it makes my day um follow us on instagram at irioki and if you want to send me an email you can send that to irioki podcast at gmail.com and I read and respond to all of them. So don't be afraid. Send me an email. Um, I love it. So yeah, that's about it. Got anything else? Send her an email. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Keep it eerie, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.